Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is a show where we talk about equipment, trail guides, skills, everything in between, everything mountain biking. I'm Colin Gray and I'm joined by Tom as usual. How are you doing Tom? Hi Colin, yeah great thanks. Good stuff. You been out on the bike much recently? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I think I mentioned on uh, one of the previous podcasts that I was going to the uh, World Championships for ah, the mountain bike marathon. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it, it, didn't, it didn't go great on the day. Um, uh, I uh, Essentially, a week beforehand, um, so the Sunday, um, seven days before the event, I had a fairly big crash on the road bike right? Um, where I was going about just under 30 miles an hour and uh, out the saddle kind of pedaling and the chain slipped and uh just sent me straight over the straight over the bars um sort of flipped over onto my back and uh got a fair amount of kind of grazes and and that kind of thing which heal kind of healed up in the week but i think it's it's kind of tweaked my back a little bit and um yeah you know in, in training up to the race it was it was okay, you know. I could, I could ride around um, and do a fair amount of training, but when it kind of came to kind of racing, um, especially at the world champs level, it was just, yeah. you know, nothing was happening. The power wasn't going through to the to the bike, and yeah, um, yeah. The, the back was just seizing up. So I had to uh, unfortunately pull out about halfway through the race. That Jeez. was about two hours in. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit unfortunate, but it was yeah. still a great experience. I'm still um, looking forward to next year's. Yeah, got to take part a little bit at least. Yeah, that's it. You got to like look at the uh, how kind of got to be grateful for for being there, and it was uh, it was in uh, the Pyrenees in France. So it's a fantastic location, and the uh, yeah. the trails that I did get to ride were great. So uh, it's uh, at least another kind of pin on the map to to maybe go back to as well. Indeed, indeed. And I, I mean, a crash at that speed can be a lot worse than that. So it sounds like you're lucky just to have got to go along at all. Definitely, it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still giving me a bit of grief now, but I think. Um, it's not it's not something that isn't going to heal or it's not it's not a broken bone and and that kind of thing you know usually you get kind of collarbone collarbone injuries or or worse so definitely uh definitely lucky to escape with uh, what what, what i got yeah yeah well glad you're all right glad you're still uh, (laughs) there yeah everything everything should be fine uh the national championships are in about three weeks time right so you know that that should be enough time to uh get some training done and uh heal up yeah. Well, most importantly, actually, never mind you. How's the bike? Uh, the bike, the honest, it came came out fairly uh, unscathed. To be honest, the seat was a bit the seat was a bit bent, and obviously really? the chain was off, and there was a spoke missing in the wheel, but yeah. not nothing. The the frame seems absolutely fine, and everything else. So the the bike was fine. <laughs> They're a bit tougher than us, aren't they? <laughs> they seem to be. Yeah. That, I mean, that was a that's a carbon bike as well. So really, it was a you know maybe I should get it checked. A bit, yeah. <laughs> a bit more but see i don't think it took that much of a hit i think it was sort of it kind of just fell to the side uh, where i went parished you know yeah. flying through the air so yeah seems okay i crashed my um my cyclocross bike uh, yeah. a few years ago and um managed to smash into a, a, a lamppost on the side of the road and broke my femur so oh. um broke about the the hardest thing in the human body basically um yeah, the biggest bone, bone yeah. the hardest bone, um, and my bike was fine. No, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like one of the one of the brake levers was slightly bent. Um, not even the lever actually. It was. It wasn't even bent. It was just shifted a little bit. So it yeah. obviously it hadn't damaged. All I had to do was loosen the hex uh, bolts and turn around a bit, and it was fine. Yeah. So yeah, they're fine. <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> 
But anyway, okay, let's get to the topic. Forget about broken bikes. (laughs) What we're talking about today, we're talking about the drivetrain. Um, So if you've been listening the last uh, four or five weeks, you know we're going through bike setup. So all the different parts that make up the bike, how you choose the right things to suit your type of riding, suit your personality. Well, not your personality, that's a bit over the board. (laughs) To suit the personality of your riding when you're doing cross country (laughs) or downhill, you know. Um, And we've come now to one of probably the more complicated parts of it, haven't Mm. we? The drivetrain, because it includes... um, well, everything connected to the chain, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so everything the chain touches, uh, and that includes the gears up the front as well, because they're connected to the chain by cables, which connect to the shifters, yeah. which touch the chain. So um, so wh- what is the best way to tackle this, do you think, Tom? Was, uh, there's a lot in here. Yeah, so y- y- like you said, it's uh, everything kind of connects to the chain, and they're usually called group sets if you buy them as a uh, complete package. Yeah, and then you can yeah. obviously uh, upgrade different parts of the rear rear mech or the shifters and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, and there's a few kind of again, everything's getting more complicated. It's just a common theme that we keep talking about, yeah. and uh, you know, there's different. Um, I guess if you start at the back, you've kind of got different speeds. So nine speed was your kind of standard along uh, you know few years ago and now yeah. there's 10 and 11 speed and then moving forward you've kind of got chain set setup um whether that's a single ring a traditional three ring setup on that kind of thing and then yeah. i think we'll just talk about some kind of popular group sets that people might want to look at out the in the market the makes out there okay cool yeah okay right that sounds good to me so starting in the back gear speeds and cassettes stuff like that so yeah you're right i when i first built a bike maybe 10 years ago i basically just bought a cassette i bought a shifter i bought a chain and i didn't have to care it was all just like nine speed yeah (laughs) i'm sure there were 10 and 11 at the point but it wasn't like they just weren't very common Mm. so um but nowadays i went to build some stuff up on my um, my cove hummer recently and i was like suddenly this shifter doesn't work with this chain and this chain doesn't work with this cassette and all this nonsense so nine to eleven speeds um what let's just talk about that first what um, what how do you choose what, what's the benefits of a nine over 11 over 10 blah blah blah. yeah well usually nine speed is going to be uh on the more budget end um bikes nowadays um just because they're they're kind of i guess they're seen a little bit as old technology okay um, yeah they, they potentially don't um offer as many benefits as you know more a uh, bigger spread of gear so yeah. up to your 11 speed yeah and um and and at the front as well is kind of that that kind of affects how many gears you've got at the, at the back as well because yeah. you know we've gone to single ring setups and that kind yeah. of thing but yeah. um yeah like you say um nowadays it's like you've got all these different speeds and uh, different brands as well that aren't cross compatible um, yeah yeah <laughs> and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah with a with a nine speed you've got a slightly wider chain um compared to an 11 speed just because you need to have more kind of cogs on the on the rear mm-hmm. rear cassette to fit more into the certain width yeah 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 and um but but usually the 11 speed i guess kind of gives you more of a more of a spread of gears yeah and um, is this what it is this all it comes down to it's down to having more options yeah i think i think it's i think it's more options but also kind of simplicity even though that seems quite contradictory because yeah. you've uh so thinking about front and back together yeah that's it that's that's the that's the main thing it's um making it more sort of streamlined and working out what gears people use and then putting the kind of range just at the back rather at the front so moving towards a simpler 
a simpler system at the front yeah. you know, around the chainset area. Yeah. So so t- total beginner level, just very quickly to start with, say 10 speed is, would you say 10 speed is maybe the default these days? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. So 10 speed default at the back. So that means the cassette at the back, the cassette that is attached to your rear wheel, that means all the little cogs that go from a tiny little cog in the middle to the big cog at the back, that's your cassette. You have 10 of those all next to each other and the other default is three at the front so you'd have three chain rings at the front so that's the cogs um at the on the on the pedals essentially so you've got three at the front you've got 10 at the back that means you've got three times 10 so you've got 30 gears in total 30 combinations um and there's it's not exactly like that isn't it's not like you've got 30 (laughs) options because there's a bit of crossover too yeah definitely you've got like uh, there's the middle cog at the front and the middle one at the back is maybe the same as the big cog in the front and the small one at the back or something you know something like that not exactly that but there's it crosses over a little bit so that was the olden days that well not the olden days that is probably still the default people all have those 30 options it gives you a lot of options it means that you know you can do a little tiny adjustments you hit a tiny incline um goes up a little bit you can you know adjust by a gear or two and it just changes it a little bit you can always keep the same rpm that's kind of the principle isn't it you want to be able to have enough options that you can always pedal at what 80 90 rpm or Mm. whatever and then spin it around that the whole way through exactly yeah that, that's it does that make sense i think so yeah. okay cool <laughs> so what we're doing now though is that people are simplifying the front aren't they so they're maybe going to just two chain rings at the front maybe just even one chain ring at the front and the, mm. the benefits of that are weight aren't they uh so you've got a lower weight because you cut out a chain ring or two even if they're like 10 grams each or something yeah. um but actually if you go to a single chain ring suddenly you don't need a gear shifter at the front either you don't need the cable going all the way down there you don't need that front derailleur you've just got yeah, the one it. ring and if you put 11 at the back if they have a big enough spread at the back you've got a really big big one a really small small one then you can still get a really nice spread so, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, i think it, it it works quite well um you know as mountain bikers because you don't tend to uh unless you're riding on the road on the mountain bike you don't tend to get up to sort of speeds and um and kind of ease of pedaling that you need yeah. uh, a huge gear like on a road bike so yeah, um, yeah usually when you condense it down to a fairly simple front setup and a, a larger range at the back you've usually got um enough gears so that you're not kind of you know spinning them out and that kind of thing yeah yeah I have to admit when I was at, I was at 10 under the bin at the weekend and yeah. I I haven't been to a race in a little while actually probably a, a, since last year and mm-hmm. I noticed that there's been a big change even in that year I think there was a lot more bikes with just single rings in the front um, and yeah. some with tiny little single rings like only six seven eight centimeters wide like yeah. just little things um, and I just, I just I thought they looked a bit weird but I thought <laughs> I, I I was attracted to it because. I quite, this part of the reason I changed I've talked um can't remember if it was the last episode or earlier today actually the the reason I moved to my Cove Hummer is a lot about simplicity yeah. so it was taking out that rear suspension it's less to maintain less to break less weight all that stuff and I, I really yeah. like the idea of getting rid of a shifter getting rid of a derailleur and just having the one cog that's always there there's nothing you can't skip off that one you could even put a wee chain protector on so it's like totally yeah. solid yeah. and all you're worrying about is the back 
Yeah, it's uh, it is really nice actually when you first go to because that's what I really? uh, run on my that's yeah I run a right. single single ring setup at the front and yeah. what's uh, what's been really good with the chain ring technology is that they they use a um, an alternating narrow wide um, chain uh, the teeth on the chain mm-hmm. ring which uh, is kind of a self retaining um, chain ring because if you just use kind of a regular one, the chain often bounces off really? um, okay. at the front. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll come off quite quite a lot actually over kind of rough ground. But um, the the chain rings that are designed for a single ring setup now have kind of built in chain retention, so right. it's very rare that the chain bounces off. Um, and just just aesthetically, you know, kind of looking down and just seeing one ring and and uh, getting being able to get rid of all the shifter and the cable yeah. the front mech yeah. Uh, yeah aesthetically it makes the bike <laughs> look nice but also it's uh it's just way more simple to just to have one shifter to just control your whole gear yeah uh gearing it's, it's great yeah Ma- maintenance cost to buy in the first place as well i'd imagine you're mm. cutting out two things shifter and derailers not cheap exactly um, and I'd imagine a single chain ring, like the single chain rings, although I was about to say I'd imagine they're cheaper, but I'm sure the uh, manufacturers could sell them for more expensive or something because they're you they know, unique. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They've got that the, they've got that novelty about them, so they do jack up the price, yeah. definitely. But um, like you say, it's definitely cheaper than, than buying all those other components, especially if those other components are fairly high spec as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, the the front derailleur is is often uh, a place where the chain can kind of fail or get get you get problems because often you're shifting under a lot of load there, okay. and um, uh, so taking that away generally, I think, makes it makes it better in terms of me- yeah. not having mechanical issues and that kind of thing bus. just yeah. reduces moving parts and that and that kind of thing yeah perfect even just the simple act of cleaning your bike that the mm. front the front derailleur and the three chain rings are always a pain in the ass because they are getting in getting in amongst those chain rings with the chain there as well and uh, yeah there's always stuff getting stuck in your derailleur and everything so I think Definitely. I think I was I was tempted enough oops, smacking my microphone I was tempted enough by the um but the way they all looked on the races, uh, turned under the bend, even the racers that were using it, I was thinking, yeah, I need to get one of those. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, the the, the really tiny ones are quite they're quite comical. Yeah. Um, they look just ridiculous to someone who's used to seeing a uh, you know a, a large chain ring on a three 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 chain ring setup. But yeah. um, yeah, you get you get used to it, and um, when you do ride off road most of the time, as I said before, you don't you don't really need any you realize that you don't need a lot of those other gears and like like you mentioned before a lot of a lot of the ones that you have on a three ring setup overlap anyway so yeah yeah. you've almost got a similar a similar range and um when you've got when you've got an 11 speed cassette or even a 10 speed compared to a nine there's a lot less um well shimano calls it cadence shock so Mm -hmm. when you shift down there's there's not as much of a difference in kind of um, you know, talk and cadence and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so it's not as much of it's, it's a lot smoother as you right. click down, down yeah. and up. So it's changing, it's changing the torque a bit less between each gear. You mean at the back? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's more of a more of a linear kind of uh, movement as you go through the gears, rather than uh, clunking and really making a, a difference. Yeah, that's funny because I would have thought it was almost the opposite actually. Because if you're uh, say you're on an eleven speed and you're getting rid of the front ring, you're wanting the eleven speed to have much more range, so much bigger, big one, a much smaller, small one. But yeah, that's not the case. They're still just as close together or closer even. Uh, 
yeah well i mean the um when you go uh, generally on an 11 speed now you can go up to kind of a 42 um tooth cassette which okay. is like like a dinner plate on the back of your bike uh, <laughs> again looks a bit weird at first but, yeah um so you have got that range there that goes from let's say 42 down to 11 um or they might even be 46 actually some really? of the bigger ones but let's just say let's just say 42 to 11 but yeah. because you've got more chain rings in between that ratio it um it just makes it makes the shifting um a little bit more yeah. just i guess smooth and, and linear that makes sense yeah okay yeah. cool um what was i gonna ask oval oval ones <laughs> do you know mm. much about about the benefits of that so uh, i'm talking about an oval chain yeah. ring at the front yeah. so you get a single one you turn it oval suddenly there's benefits apparently yeah, the, so they they started off. Apparently, Shimano. Well, Shimano did this quite a long time ago with something called BioPace. Um, it was kind of a similar idea of an ovalized chain ring, and then that kind of got dropped for a long time. Um, and now, mainly, a company called Rota have um, been the kind of pioneers of this uh, ovalized front chain ring. And essentially, the idea behind it is that you put out more kind of torque and more power at certain points in the pedal revolution. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one one kind of full revolution has different um, levels of uh, torque and how much power you can actually put through the pedal. So what they do is they make the chain ring slightly bigger in those areas where um, you can maximize the, the power transfer, but then um, make it smaller in other areas so that it's more of a... I don't know whether it's emphasizing the power more at the point where it would... It would you would usually put out more power, or mm. whether it's kind of normalizing it um, across the whole pedal stroke, if that makes any sense. I, th- I think from yeah, the impression I got is more like the normalization. So it's making it so that you can, um, like you say, you're pushing harder on the downs than the rest of it. Maybe pulling up harder than you would at the front, mm. like pushing forward and pulling back. So if you think about the whole angle, and you're right, it's it's making it easier to go through the harder parts so that you're able to keep up a cadence or something yeah i don't yeah, know that sounds about know. right yeah it might not be that at all if, if, if anybody knows if you're listening and you uh, have a good idea about how these oval chain rings work or what the benefits are send us in a clip an audio clip of an explanation that'd be great i could play that in the next show um or even just an email we can read it out that'd be great so yeah, yeah. if you have that send it through to colin at mountainbikesapart.com Right. Uh, so that's that's basically the sorry. That's the chain ring. So that's the the bits that the chain attaches to. What about the chain itself? Is there anything much to chains like uh, to tell between different chains? Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, I just think they're they're slightly like a SRAM chain is just ever so slightly shaped differently for mm. the the SRAM kind of uh, you know the teeth on the chain ring or yeah. the, the cassette. Um, yeah. But generally speaking, they're, they're pretty similar, and I, yeah. I guess you probably could uh, run, um, you know, multi-brand a multi-brand yeah. setup. Yeah. Um, so a, ch- a chain's a chain, as long as you spend enough money on it to get a decent brand, yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, there's not much in the way of benefits for that. Okay, so we don't need to worry too much about the chain then. In that case, we're just going to jump into the rest of it so i think there's two other things that i want to talk about you mentioned group sets earlier on so actually thinking Mm. about the types the brands the different um models i guess that's one of the most complicated bits i found when i was first uh, looking at like xt versus xtr versus dr all that kind of caper um but just quickly before we get into that what about 
what about the shifters themselves? So we're thinking about how it's connected. So we're t- we've just talked about the drivetrain, the chain, the chain links, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How does that connect to the front? Obviously, it's cables as standard. Uh, mm. Is there much in the way of uh, stuff to think about if you're choosing that type of setup? What are the different ways you can get it? Yeah, so it's just, again, it's a case of just matching uh, a, two, you know, whether it's a 2 by 10 or a 3 by 10 um, uh, front derailleur um, yeah. to your to, to an appropriate shifter. And like you say, it does get quite, quite complicated. <laughs> Generally, they're quite cross-compatible within a certain brand. So you yeah. can use kind of a, a SRAM X9 uh, shifter with a with an X0 or X, XX1, uh, whatever you whatever you want, kind of front derailleur. So that um, when you say that, they're both SRAM derailleur. They are both SRAM yeah. components, but they're just different models. Exactly, so, yeah. So they're, they're just different price range, yeah. different uh, different price brackets and, exactly, uh, yeah. But yeah. Within, within the SRAM, uh, SRAM system. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you can't do the same across brands, can you? Not half so easily anyway. So Shimano shifters don't work with SRAM uh, derailers. Yeah, uh, they. I think they move them in a slightly different way. Yeah. So there's a there's a slightly different amount of pull on the cable, yeah. which um, which would affect how it works. Yeah, um, so. I think there are. I think there are ways to get them to work, isn't it? A little bit of hacking it together. Some of them do. Some models do work together actually just fine, but others mm-hmm. don't. So I tend to, whenever I'm building a bike or whenever I'm talking to other people about it, I always just say, just pick one, stick to it. it just makes it simple. It does. Um, yeah. There's no like huge benefit I think in mixing them up anyway. Um, I don't think so, and uh, yeah. like you say, you can hack it and with with little devices, but yeah. it's not it's not very clean, and it's uh, yeah. it's definitely not as good as just sticking. It doesn't look as nice, does it? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, to have it's nice to have a full a full clean group set uh, yeah. on yeah. a bike. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier on making sure your just to make clear making sure your shifters fit your chain rings. The thing there is that you've got your derailers. The derailers are um, analog. Let's call it that. They can, the shifters, the derailers, sorry, move in any combination. So one derailer will be able to do a nine-speed chain, a ten-speed chain, an eleven-speed mm-hmm. chain. The important part is that a shifter is for a certain combination of yeah. chain rings. So the rear shifter has to be a nine-speed shifter, or a ten-speed shifter, or an eleven-speed shifter, mm. and the front shifter has to be a one speed well actually you don't get one speed you don't need it for one speed so you either get a two speed or a three speed shifter for the front so it needs to match the chain rings the derailleur doesn't matter but the shifters have to match the chain rings Mm. that makes sense doesn't it yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah, you can get dedicated, um, you know, double or or two ring um, front derailleurs, but you can definitely get it to work just by uh, altering the limit screws yeah. on the on the front derailleur of a, of a three ring one. Certainly. Yeah, cool. Actually, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. The front derailleur on a two ring. So yeah, okay, I didn't know that. But yeah, okay. So it's worth you can make it work with the other ones if you've you got can, an existing yeah. three. Yeah. Three speed yeah. on anyway, great. Okay, um, and the rest of it's just cables. So one thing I'll say about the cables is that that was one of the first things that I did with my bike that I thought was something that I I previously thought was something you had to take to the shop. Um, so that, I think that was the first kind of difficult maintenance task that I tried out <laughs> myself was changing yeah. my cables. Yeah. So um, that was something that I'd always put in the shop before and it was like, I can't do that. I can't tune my gears, all that kind of stuff. But actually, it turned out it was really easy. That was it. It was a nice stepping point up to being able to do a lot more of the complicated stuff. Mm. Um, 
just about every shifter I've ever worked with was just so easy to be able to remove the cable from the top. Um, and obviously at the derailleur end, all you're doing is threading a cable through um, a little clamp. You just got your, you know, your exactly. multi-tool, a hex key, uh, loosen it off, take out the existing cable, put the next one in, tighten it up again. Um, the tuning itself is maybe a bit more of a black art, isn't it? Like you, that's that's just about practice. It's just yeah. about playing around with the, you know, made a lot easier if you've got a, a bike stand that you can put it up on so that you can turn the pedals at the same time as, you know, definitely. adjusting the tension just a little bit at a time. Yeah, but definitely. It's definitely possible, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's um, it's just, I think, knowing the process, so just having, making sure you kind of know what every little screw and uh, and thing and, you know, little barrel adjusters and that kind of thing, what they actually do, um, so you're not just kind of fumbling around in the dark yeah. completely, um, yeah. Yeah. as I'm sure everyone does when yeah. they start out, yeah. just kind of twist things and see what happens. But Yeah, and it's um, always the, the direction as well, so clockwise versus anti-clockwise yeah. to tighten or loosen. Um, yeah, I still get that one wrong. Yeah, totally. <laughs> The, t- the thing that, you know, the trick that I was taught actually by um, somebody who's far more experienced in bikes with than me is to pedal. So you've got it on your stand, mm. pedaling your, pedaling your pedals with your hand, you know, turning the pedals with your hand. So the wheels yeah. going around, this is the, the rear I'm thinking particularly, and just have your finger on the cable and have it shifting up and down. Um, so you're having to sort of pedal it, then move your hand up to the shifter to shift it, yeah. but shift it. And if you're getting jumping, then just do a little bit of tension on the on the cable and see if tightening up helps it. If it doesn't, loosen it a little bit. So you get an idea of whether you need to tighten or loosen the cable by yeah. just using your finger on the cable by actually tightening it with your finger. And then do the adjustments up at the shifter because then at least you know which way to turn it. And I found that helped me a lot actually because mm. you get a much more subtle um, sense of whether it needs loosened or tightened by you know just actually playing with the cable yourself as opposed yeah. to with the shifter so yeah that's a good little tip actually because you can just you know you can start turning things in you know whichever direction then you just get completely lost yeah. as to where you are in the setup absolutely so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool okay so uh group sets then walk us through the different types so we've got sram i always said sram than shram so i have to admit um but you've got <laughs> shram versus shimano um and really in amongst that is budget versus high end isn't it so mm. walk us through the models so everybody's got an idea just a sort of surface level of which ones are which yeah so uh, it's been it's been a little while since i kind of had looked um on a, on a broad level at all the uh all the ones that are out there now yeah. they, they change around a bit but i think um with the shram ones they they kind of go from i think x5 potentially uh-huh. which is kind of really budget right up to um some of the new stuff which is like uh shram xx1 and an eagle okay. um and with the xx1 that's actually you know the the one kind of refers to the single single ring setup that yeah. uh, we've been talking about on uh, on different types of bikes really? okay. um cool. and they just uh, and and with Sh- Shimano, it kind of goes up from Dior right the way up to um, the electronic uh, XTR Di2, which they've the technology's kind of come from the road, yeah. and now you've got electronic gears um, at the very, very top end um, yeah. on the XTR. But uh, generally speaking, your your budget group set will be it, it'll work in a very similar way to to the to the more expensive stuff. It's just that the components are just generally going to be heavier. Um, they sometimes last even longer than the very expensive stuff, just because that's um, that's been made with with lightweight 
um, as the as the kind of principal concern. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they don't last as long just because the components aren't as high quality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll generally just be just be heavier and sometimes a little bit more cumbersome and not quite up to the same kind of cutting edge technology. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. There's, it's it's a funny balance that isn't it or a, a kind of um, uh, almost a, a cutler, what am I trying to say <laughs> it's something that doesn't seem to make sense it's counterintuitive the fact that yeah the more expensive stuff tends to break quicker but it's because of that old um, adage isn't it you can get um, what is it strong uh, light and expensive and you can only really have two of those things at any one <laughs> yeah. time so if, so if you want light and strong, it's going to be really, really exciting. Well, actually, no, that doesn't make sense with these, does it? <laughs> but people, basically, they're yeah, they're concentrating on making these really expensive components super light, so they're just like blooming paper, so they break. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you get the best balance with, say, I've always found with Shimano with the XT stuff because mm-hmm. the XT stuff is it's strong, it's reasonably light. It's not as light as the XTR, obviously, and it's low cost as well. I mean, you're mm-hmm. jumping up a massive amount to buy the XTR components you are you? yeah and, if, I, I, and to be honest when you just kind of wait a year it usually only takes a year or sometimes you know, you know a year and a half for the for the tech technology from XTR to trickle down to, to really? XT you know yeah. we're saying we're seeing like DI2 um, I think DI2 XTR so the electronic X, X sorry the um, electronic XTR has I think now come down to be um, so you can get electronic XT yeah um, so, you know, there's a lot, essentially you only have to wait a season or two for the yeah. technology that the XTR users were enjoying to come yeah. down to a much more, um, yeah. much more kind of, uh, less panic inducing, uh, <laughs> price, <laughs> price <yeah>. range. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, yeah. So if you're not desperate to be at the front end of the, uh, you know, always have the newest kit, then yeah, just wait a while and you get the better stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. the, I always found the Shimano stuff to be more easy to remember the differences so Dior is the basic then you go XT is the good quality but still affordable and then the R&R mm-hmm. to the end XTR and that's the expensive I'd never heard of the I'd never heard of DI2 actually I'm not keeping up with it enough these days either um, but that's the electronic just version is that is that right yeah yeah that's yeah. right so you did in the, on the road there's a Jura Ace group set and now there's Ultegra which has yeah. got all of the uh, electronic but the XTR now has uh, a DI2 version which is all electronic yeah. so you don't have your uh, typical kind of cables you just have an electronic wire yeah and, um, that brings in all kinds of interesting kind of tuning um, you know it's got computer chips that can tell when you're if you if you're using a front derailleur it can tell when your chain's coming into contact and make its mm-hmm. own micro adjustments um, you can actually set it up so you can own you can use just one shifter really? to work to work both the front derailleur and the rear <laughs> derailleur so nice. it kind of decides what the best gear combination is and just makes and shifts the front you know uh, automatically which is yeah. really really cool yeah yeah i've heard of uh the bluetooth or wireless ones coming in as well so you mm. don't even need the cable so you'll just have one shifter a wee battery and it may be uh, uh connected to the front and then nothing in between that and the gear shift that's exactly pretty interesting it's pretty, pretty interesting yeah, yeah. um 
I think we we talked about uh, dropper seed posts on a previous yeah, show yeah. when we said there's some wireless wireless dropper seed posts coming out, and now we're yeah. seeing yeah the the group sets are becoming wireless as well with their own you know the, so the the rear derailleur has its own little battery and you can just whip that out and whip it on. It's yeah. that's pretty cool. That's on the SRAM end actually. SRAM have SRAM have been the ones that have gone wireless first. Really? Yeah, uh, I can imagine that Shimano and the other players are all not too far behind with yeah. that. Yeah, excellent. It's a funny balance, isn't it? Because you get we've been talk we've talked a lot in the last few episodes when we're talking about kit about simplicity, about cutting things back, and yeah, um, we talked earlier on about going back to single chain rings. It's simpler, and going back to hardtail in the last episode because it's simpler. But so the electronic wireless shifters are cutting out components they're cutting out the cables mm. they're cutting out wires so it can seem to be simpler but I mean if your battery runs out or you know it just stops working yeah. there's no there's no easy way to fix that <laughs> no there isn't and even with the even with the wired version of the electronic you know once the ba- if the battery uh, either goes flat or you have some kind of uh, issue then that's it you, you, yeah. you can't shift your gears and it's uh, if you kind of search on YouTube on the road end, there's a few times in big races where it seems like people have had, you know, some of the riders have had uh, issues where they can't shift gear and you're just really? stuck in stuck in whatever gear you're in, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a bit of a daunting prospect. You know, when you go out and you say, haven't charged your Garmin or something yeah. like that, then it's not the end of the world. But <laughs> if you haven't charged your gears, yeah. then uh, you're probably in for a bit of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, the more complicated it gets, the well, uh, yeah, balance is a eh? swings around a bit. So you get the benefits, yeah, but you also yeah. get the bad bits. Anyway, yeah. So that's uh, it's all the stuff I'd like to try out, but um, quite expensive still, I think, and mm, yeah, definitely. not really needed. I think I, I tend to like the fact when you say that, like you, people not being able to shift their gears, that's happened to me with mechanical stuff. You know, yeah, your, yeah. your chain will break, so you have to put it around, or sorry, the cable will break, or, you mm. know, the shifter will break, or whatever. So you end up not being able to change gears. But yeah. I just feel like you can fix things much more easily when it's mechanical. You know, if, uh, yeah, if your chain breaks and you, your shifter breaks or whatever, you can you can jury rig it into a single speed for the rest of the ride at least exactly, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, turning electronic, it suddenly makes it all this. It's all black box, and you've got nothing you can get in there and fix it with yourself. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a closed system. Certainly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, dogs. Right. I think we've covered uh, as much as that as we should on this episode. Again, same as last episode. I think there's tons more we could go into. Yeah. Um, and there'll probably be quite a few questions out there. But like we've already mentioned, haven't we, that we want to do a Q&A, I think, on this stuff, um, on the whole bike setup. So yeah. if you have any questions on this, we want to do an episode where Tom and I will go through it. Well, even if there's stuff in here that neither of us know that much about, we've got friends as well that know much more than we do about certain areas. You know, people with specialists and suspect and brakes and gears all that kind of stuff so we can pass on questions too so if you have any send them in fire in the questions to colin at mountainbikesapart.com or you can tweet us as well uh, i'm colin mc gray on twitter where are you tom uh by tom bell so b-y-t-o-m-b-e-l-l perfect so yeah any questions you have fire them in there and uh, if you do them in voice even better we can play your voice on the show so if you can record an audio clip you know just pull out your smartphone pull up the voice recorder record something really simply on there and you can email it to that address i just said colin at mountainbikesapart.com okay that was a good one i enjoyed talking about that stuff yeah, it's, it's like we said, we could go into it a lot. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you go into this quite deep, and it's uh, it's really yeah. interesting to uh, 
Well, this this uh, is the one on all the different setups. Yeah, totally. And this is the one I think I'm going to change sometime soon because I think I'm definitely going to go down a single ring. Um, mm-hmm. And it's pro- it's the bit that's most worn out on my bike right now. My right. Uh, my front rings are looking pretty uh, shark toothy, uh, <laughs> shark fin even, getting a bit worn on one side. So I definitely need a new um, front chain set. Uh, so yeah I'll be going down to single I think cool that sounds good alrighty well thanks for listening as always thanks for spending your time with us and uh, we'll be back again next week with yet more I think we'll continue have we got another couple of episodes on the, uh, the equipment to go do you think Tom or are we almost yeah, at the end of this I, I think so um, we'll have, have a look at it see what see what if there's anything else we can cover um, yeah. I'm sure there is I'm sure It'll there be, is even, quite even complex if beasts yeah, <laughs> even if we're tidying up on a couple of the last little bits um, yeah. before we do our Q&A episode um, we'll do that yeah but anyway okay so thanks for spending time and we'll see you next time <laughs>